Good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome. We're a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 236. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash PS This Is Awesome. Go visit us on Twitter at PS This Is Awesome. And if you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PSN, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at Jakesaw01. And as always, you can write the show at pstisisawesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends and make sure to leave comments and rate the podcast as you see fit. And as a reminder, we are a video podcast as well, so you can watch the show if you prefer over at our YouTube channel. And for new and or long-time listeners, we have a Patreon. You can support our show for $1 a month at a $1 level called the one and only $1 Club. Head over to patreon.com slash awesome. You can become a $1 patron and get a free die-cut vinyl sticker and a shout-out on our show. With that out of the way, Jake, how are you doing this Sunday? Uh, Pretty terrible, actually. I have a really, really bad hangover. My cousin got married yesterday, and that's first time in years, probably, that I've been able to sort of go someplace where I can kind of let loose a little bit <laughs> and uh, where I'm not driving or whatever, and it uh, got a little bit excessive. Let's just say that. So I had a really hard time this morning. I'm feeling better, but still not great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you're doing all right. And I think that's so funny because as soon as I wrote you about the podcast, you're like, uh, yeah, it's just as soon as you say it depends on how I feel in the morning, then I knew all bets were off. Like you were just going, you knew <laughs> that, that was going to be a possibility and it was going to be. And I figured as much, but I was able to get the notes down well, this was, morning. Yeah, I mean, they, they just, like, at this wedding, they fucking, they didn't hold back on the drinks, you know? <laughs> like, so, like, sometimes they, like, depending on the type of place it is or whatever, they may they may skimp on the alcohol a little bit. This place, like, they just would, like, I like, I would drink, like, a whiskey and Coke, and they'd just be, like... Whiskey, 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 and then they just like splash some coke on the top of oh, it. Oh man! And I'm like, all right, well, I'm not driving, but it catches up with you pretty yeah. fast. We, you know, for as little as you and I drink, drinking comes up a lot on our show, and it, I, we should probably be clear with the audience. Like, really, the only time I have adult beverages is either when I'm playing a concert, I have one or two drinks. And the last time I did have uh, got a little out of control is that they were like double pouring, and I didn't. I don't think I realized it. And, or maybe once in a while we'll have a swig of something while we're doing the podcast. But outside of that, like we're not really drinkers. But I think it's just so funny that like it comes up so frequently on our show. Like last show, I was like, dude, I got wrecked last weekend. You're like, dude, I have a hangover. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we don't we don't really advocate it or imbibing in the spirits too much. But you do you. But uh, we've had a. I don't know. We've been – I i don't know about you, but I've been super stressed at work and I've – you shouldn't like mm-hmm. rely on these things to kind of ease up a little bit. But every once in a while, you know, I, I usually run. I, re- I actually ran five miles yesterday. I felt really good about it. 
So that was my first five-mile yeah. run this year. Um, exercise is a good way to deal with that kind of stress too and get your mental right. So I would I would much rather uh, people be working out and eating right than going out and just using all kinds of drugs and drinking. So <laughs> um, I don't know. But I'm glad you uh, – that's what weddings are for, celebrating. I'm glad you got your celebrations in. I'm glad you had fun probably with fam- family and friends. And uh, I had – Two concerts yesterday. I played at three o'clock. They're trying to raise some money for our local recreation complex. Uh, there's been a, a public pool in our area for years. I remember as a kid going there, and it was like always a big treat. Like none of my friends really had swimming pools except for one of them. Um, maybe two of them did, but we would always go to the public pool to where I learned to swim. Um, but they are trying to raise money for an amphitheater which is really weird. Um, they had this benefit concert and we, we, I went and played it. Uh, I believe our band was asked to play, but we weren't really available and it was like a day show. And then later that evening I was out at the Edinburgh Lake resort again. And that was a nice time. And, uh, I saw some people I haven't seen in a while came out to, to catch the music. So that was nice. Sold some stuff Friday. I was doing this cabin jam thing and, uh, it was full of nice people, and uh, it was a good time. But I didn't get home till two in the morning on on Friday, and then I woke up and did a five mile run at like eight in the morning, and then I played at three yesterday, and then I played again at six thirty until nine thirty yesterday, and then I woke up today, and uh, I I went and uh, recorded guitar for the one of my land record this morning. I've been doing that all day. And now we're doing a podcast, and then I have plans after this. So I've been very, very busy, which is why I took tomorrow off of work because I knew I was going to need a recovery day. Because, Jake, next week you and I have concerts on Friday and Sunday. You're playing mm-hmm. with me. But I have gigs on Thursday and Saturday, solo gigs. So I'm playing literally Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's going to be ridiculous. So there's no rest for me. At least at least Friday and Sunday are both shorter sets. Yeah, that will be nice. That'll be the saving grace of it all. But anyways, with that out of the way, let's talk about some video games. Thanks for letting me just uh, chew your brain or talk about all the bull crap I've been doing, which I do enjoy. I haven't really – you know, it's funny. The guy at work that plays video games, he keeps asking me if I've played Stray yet. And I'm like, no, man, I just don't have time. And he goes, how do you have a video game podcast when you never play any new games? And I'm like, dude, that's a valid question. But I was like, we just know a lot about PlayStation. We like to talk about PlayStation. So it's not like we're like talking about the latest and greatest games. Although, Jake, you did play Stray and you did talk about it on the show. But mm-hmm. I'm still playing the same old crap. I'm still playing PGA 2K21 and Tony Hawk 1 and 2. That's still where, my, where I'm at. I don't have a lot of free time right now. I just told you about all the laundry list stuff I've been doing. But... uh that's what's beautiful about games is is they're going to be there for you whenever you want to play them, right? Or whenever you have the time. Whenever you have the downtime, you want to do it, and they're there. They're reliable in that way. Um, it's it's uh, it's like a best friend who's, who's always around to hang out with you. Um, so, yeah, the wife's out of town for a couple weeks, so I'm thinking I'm going to get some game time in. Hopefully soon. We'll see. But uh, just the same old games. And, uh, Jake, how about you? What do you, what are you playing? Um, I've been playing Cyberpunk this week. Ooh. And I've I've been playing it for like, I don't know, I've got uh, I don't know, almost ten hours into it. I have no idea how I have not paid for this game yet. Cause I thought that there was like a five hour demo or whatever. 
And then I assumed that after five hours, it was going to, like, stop me from playing it or tell me to buy it or, or like, you know, at least the next time I booted the game up, mm-hmm. it would be like, oh, you have more than five hours in this game. You need to purchase it or whatever. But it hasn't still has not asked me to pay for it. So I don't know if this game is somehow included in one of the PS Plus tiers and maybe I'm just eligible for it or Are you just keeping it in rest mode? No, I mean I mean I put the PlayStation in rest mode, but I've been like I've actively closed the game oh, okay. and reopened it and stuff. Like, and it, like a it doesn't Yeah, cuz it it doesn't seem to even notice which is interesting i will say that i i really like it so far i had to put a lot of work and research into making this game feel even remotely usable from a shooter control perspective Mm. the shooting controls in this game are so bad especially when coming off of destiny which has some of the best shooting in all of video games i like like when i first started this game I seriously could not hit anything. I couldn't I couldn't aim, I couldn't do anything. I was like, fucking I felt like it was the first time I ever played a first person shooter on a controller. And uh so I, I like Googled it and people were basically saying because there's all these like advanced control options and stuff like yeah. that. And people are like all these people are like, yeah, basically all those stuff just make the controls worse. So turn them all (laughs) off or turn them to zero and then adjust this to this or this to that or whatever. And I was able to get it to a point where um, it it feels okay. It's playable. Um, And thankfully there's some kind of snap to aiming whenever you aim down the sights. So I do a lot of like zooming in and out because it allows me to snap to enemies and stuff. That's good. But uh, it, uh, I don't know. I, I'm really enjoying it, but it's super overwhelming. It does this thing. The Witcher did this too, which was f- that I fucking hate. I mean, I'm sure some people really, it's really cool for some people, but it just, the game just, you get to a point where it just vomits things to do onto you. Like, like there was a point where I finished a mission. I think it was like one of the main story beats at the beginning of the game. And afterwards, I literally my my phone, my in-game phone, sat there and just beeped over and over again for like two minutes. And it was just like new side quest, new side quest, new side quest, new side quest. And I'm just like, bro, there's too much shit to do. Like you're overwhelming me. It makes me not want to do. Like I literally just makes me want to mainline the fucking game because I, I'm just overwhelmed by all the stuff that it's putting on me. But Night City's really big. It's really interesting and unique. Um, I do really enjoy the game so far. Like I said, I'm about 10 hours into it. So I haven't gotten super far. Um, I'm not really sure about everything yet. Like I don't even, I don't even know if I have a car right now. Um, so like, I'm not that far into the game for as long as I've played it. So I don't really know how long this game will end up being, but, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm going to keep playing it. I keep thinking about it when I'm not playing it. Like I do want to go back to it and I do want to keep playing it or whatever, but, uh, I just, it's, there's so much to do. Like I kind of wish that like part of me wishes that some of these teams would just, Maybe dial back on the content a smidge and just make the game work a little bit better. 
Because even though it's been running really well, like I'm running it in performance mode on PS5, so it's like 60 FPS and everything. There's no, um, there's no issues with performance or frame rate or anything. But uh, and and there like, and I don't know. Maybe this is just me, but just like with, it's more notice. It's definitely more noticeable with Horizon, but. In Cyberpunk, there have been a few times where I've switched between performance mode and ray tracing, and I literally cannot tell the difference huh. between the two. So I'm like, why would anybody have this thing in ray tracing mode? It runs literally at half the frame I mean, rate. you can't tell the visual difference, the fidelity. I visually cannot tell the difference between the two of them. Yeah. So I'm sure there are instances where maybe there's a lot of reflections and stuff where the ray tracing would look a little better, mm-hmm. but... And maybe the resolution is higher in the ray traced mode, but it's not. You know, once you breach fourteen forty, it really doesn't you, isn't really that noticeable of a difference, right? Um, so I'm not really sure about that, but uh, I have had some glitches in the game. Nothing like game-breaking or anything like that, but just random shit like when I did the first tutorial where it like teaches you how to do the shooting and stuff, one of the AI sort of bad guys would like – like it like walked up to me and then just like briefly the model went into its like T-pose, if you know what that means, yeah. and then went back to like running towards Weird. me. Like it's 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 little shit like that, it's a or like janky I'll walk past. Yeah, I'll walk past. Uh, like for example, I walked past a motorcycle that was parked on the street, and it was just sitting there rocking back and forth. Like nothing was nearby. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it wasn't like you know there wasn't anybody trying to get on it or anything. It was just sitting there, and the model was just rocking back and forth on the screen. Mm-hmm. So there's there there are definitely still some kind of there's still some bugginess to it, um, and I don't know how you would compare it to the jankiness of, let's say, like a Bethesda game. But it's uh, it's still though. I will say it's really cool. Um, that first big mission that you do, the, where you're like heisting that yeah. that thing or whatever, is pretty gnarly. And I, I love the. Um, I love like the hacking and stuff. I think it's really neat. I like that how you can basically hack your enemies' implants or or even hack like the doors and cameras and stuff. Yeah, it's with cool. Your, with all the different things that you have, I still can't figure out how I want to spec my character. Though I have like all these unspent points. What path did you because take? What a uh, 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 corpo. Oh, interesting. Because I went nomad. Yeah, because I and, – and I've had a lot of – now, I'm sure that probably everybody has their own little thing here. But a lot of the early missions are dealing with um, corporations. So I've had a lot of corpo-specific dialogue options that I'm kind of curious if – how that would have changed if I was another class or whatever. Mm-hmm. But as far as I understand, it really doesn't affect your your game all that much um, other than some dialogue options. Like I don't think the endings are any different or, or anything like that. I think it basically just – my understanding is that it basically just affects the first you know, 
20 minutes or half hour of like the game. Like your origin, until right? You, yeah. It, yeah, until you get like – until you meet up with Jackie and, and start going in on the um, the first main mission. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. But it's really cool. I'm looking forward to getting back to it. Yeah, man. I enjoyed my time with it even when it was buggy as hell. I want to go back and replay it. On the PS5, so that's something on my to-do list for sure. Um, before we get on with the news, what I want to do is uh, go over some uh, listener, I don't know, listener uh, interaction on Patreon. So we had some people write in, and uh, it was kind of nice to hear from people. Our last episode, we were at the end, we, we got into a lot of heavy baseball talk, which is hilarious. And uh, on the, I don't know if the listeners like this or not. And maybe you guys can chime in, the patrons specifically. I went into our patron and posted a picture of Sid Bream making that slide so the patrons could see it. And I said, uh, as a follow-up to episode 235, here's a picture of Sid Bream doing the slide. And then I found an interview. It might have been actually an interview with Sid Bream that I had posted uh, about that moment. And then I also posted the video link to the PlayStation blog where they were talking to the uh, composer for Roller Drum. I don't know. I We're not a news site, but if we talk about something on our page, like a video that we saw or something, do the patrons want me to find the link and throw it up on Patreon so it's easier for you guys to find? Because on the things that we're really excited about, I have no issue doing that. Uh, maybe a little bonus for being a patron, just a quick reference for you guys for the show. But Jeff wrote in, uh, as a follow-up to our Sid Bream Pittsburgh Pirate debacle, uh, conversation. Jeff wrote in on, on Patreon, and you can too if you're a patron, um, but he at the time uh, I know was an Atlanta Braves fan, and he very well is probably still an Atlanta Braves fan, but this is what Jeff writes. He goes, as a lifelong Braves fan, now he still is apparently, um, fan, fan, listening to you talk about that play, I was thinking no way was it that close, but watching the video of it, phew, it could have gone either way. A moment of loss for Pirates fans and a moment of jubilee for Braves fans. I uh, still remember jumping around, watching him around round third, hoping that clanky bad knee of his could get him there. I had no idea that would lead to the misery to follow for you and your fan base since. And then it's all ebb and flow. Here's to hoping the Pirates can pull something together this season. But I have no idea what your roster looks like either. And then he put a quick edit. He went and looked and came back and edited his comment. And it says, I just looked up the standings. Maybe next year? <laughs> no, man. Never, Jeff. It's never going to happen. It's over for us. It's, it's, it's always maybe next year with the Pirates. That's the, They should make t-shirts that just say maybe next year. And then we also had some talk on episode uh, 235 about Tony Hawk, Jake. We weren't sure how to change our skater. And uh, Clint wrote in, and he said that uh, – this is on Patreon, of course. And he said, for Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, if you're at the main menu, hit triangle to change your skater. And then he said, also for Fred, I'm one trophy away from the Platinum and PGA 2K21. Just need to finish a private match. Let me know if you want to play some time. I'm available weeknights after 8. And Clint, I already wrote you back. I am 100% down for helping you get a Platinum. And uh, I don't know if you have to play it on some kind of crazy hard mode or anything, but – uh, you know, I would like to at least be able to play around a golf and not feel like I suck ass. So, but let's yeah, let's line it up. Let's line it up. I'm available pretty much weeknights after eight as well. So that will be fun. Uh, hit me up, uh, I guess, on the PSN, and uh, we'll we'll arrange that date and time. Um, so yeah, do you have any comments on any of that, Jake? Or are you good? I'm just looking, trying to find a, a picture of the. 
um, the main menu from Tony Hawk. Yeah. To see. It's weird. The, that so menu layout sucks. It doesn't like. It doesn't look like it says anywhere <laughs> to press triangle to change your skater. So pro tip. I mean, why are this? This is an Xbox version of the game, so I'm yeah. trying to remember which one is the same as triangle. I think Y is the same as triangle. So I, I mean, maybe it. it does. Maybe it does say it, and it's just not. Obvious. I don't know. In the uh, in the original version of the game, there was definitely fucking a skater select screen. Oh, for whenever sure. You would, when you would go to play, and I uh, I don't even remember the game like actively. This is one of those instances where like a game UI could be a little bit better, and just informing the user what you're what you can and cannot do. Right. And I think that uh, that this is just. The fact that both of us didn't know how to do this is a problem. It would be one thing if I said it. You're like, oh, no, you just overlooked this little thing. Right. But the fact that both of us were either equally stupid or just missed this thing means that the UI could probably be a little bit better. Or it should like maybe the first time you boot into the menu. This is one of those places where – like a, one of those tutorial pop-ups would be helpful where it's like yeah. the first time you come in, it's like, oh, if you want to change your skater, do this. Well, like what I expected – yeah, what I expected was you select the level you want to play and then a character screen pops up. You pick the skater and then you're in with that person, right? That makes the most sense. But it's not like that. And it, it starts you as Tony Hawk and then you pick the level and you're Tony Hawk. And then you pick the level and then you're always Tony Hawk. It doesn't like say, oh, you can change characters or – you know, it's weird, but thank you, Clint, for writing in and letting us know um, because uh, for those who don't know, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 is the August August uh, PlayStation Essential game that Jake and I have picked for the podcast, and we are going to talk about this game at the end of the month, which will be next episode, I believe, and our experience with it. So I agree with you, Jake. I think it's kind of wild. But uh, thanks for letting us know how to do that because maybe now we can give a better review of the game if we can try to skate with somebody else. I just want to figure out how to be the cop. There was a way to like skate around as a cop, and I thought that would be funny. Um, but let's move on yeah. to the news, Jake. So the thing that is kind of interesting here is we've all known this to be an issue for quite some time, and uh, everybody would agree been a long-standing problem with the PlayStation Network. So every every week, new games drop, but we're just constantly, what I'm going to dub as trophyware games that are like, my name is Mayo, blah, 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 all these different games that are designed to get you to buy them for a dollar to get platinum trophies, and you just do this simple task, and then you get you know, the platinum trophy. These games are flooding our feeds on the PSN and there's different instances of these games. So it's like, my name is Matt. I, I, now granted, this is uh, not verbatim. I'm just using this as an example. It's not even probably this game, but you'll have a game and it will exist in its form. And then you'll have the same graphic and that same, what seemingly seems like the same game will pop up right next to it, but it's like a different game. And all these things are populating on the PSN every week. So it says new games and it's like all these things and it's like those are like the first things you see. So what's going on is Sony's found a way to quote unquote push back. And what they're doing, this is a double-edged sword. 
what they're doing now is when they post like what's new under what's new under the PSN, they are they're they're filtering the games when you go to the new game section. They're filtering them instead of like not allowing these games to exist. They're just filtering them so that of the newest games, the ones that sell the most show up first. So this is a double-edged sword. Granted, those games probably aren't going to sell as well as Cult of the Lamb. They're not going to sell as well as Stray. So you're going to still get to see those games up front and center. But in order to get to the indie games that nobody knows about that actually might have some teeth, you got to still scroll through all this bullshit to find them. So this is essentially... The, it's a popularity contest now. It's like what game had the best promotion? What game had the best advertising? What game is on the tip of everybody's news uh, gaming media site? You know who has the most money, and then you know those are the games that are going to sell. So those games everybody's going to be exposed to. So those games are going to continue to sell because that's what's being forced now in front of everybody. And the games that like let's say Jake and I designed a game or something, dude, it would just get right to the bottom. In this in this filtering method, so I don't know what the answer is to this, but you know I, I don't know. I just you know should they just disallow the publishing and the entry of these stupid games on the PSN? I don't think so. I just think that like maybe they should just have a folder that says like stupid games on the PSN, and then like that's where it houses them all or something. I don't know. It would make life easier for all of us. Like the majority of us don't want to see these games. I mean they could just – they could just not allow these games on the store or just not – or at the very least just – if they – if they – if Sony came out and actually like paid attention and were like the – these games when they request the ability to put a platinum trophy in their game, just denying them. It's like you can't put a platinum trophy in this game, which would essentially make the games useless. Therefore, they wouldn't be made anymore. This is true. So the the problem is is that Sony lets these fucking games exist. <laughs> and I don't know why they insist on doing that, but yeah, so so right now if you nothing, go to new games today, really it's it's Sunday our time, 6:17 p.m. The first new game is Call of the Lamb. The next new game is Stray, and then we have the multiverse game, and then we have Patch Path of Path of Titans. Then we have Digimon Survive, Two Point Campus, and then it kind of works down a little bit. There's some like DLC or different kinds of packs for the multiverse, and uh, and now I just got an advertisement about the seventy five percent off sale. But as you scroll down, and I don't know, I really don't see. Right now, the jumping noodles pops up for PS5, and then there's the pig quiz, and then the pig quiz again on PS4 and PS5, same logo, and then it's Taco Fun for two ninety nine. Then it's the jumping noodles with a different graphic. Then it's Taco Fun for the PS4, a different same graphic, and then it's uh, Snow Journey for two ninety nine, and then it's Snow Journey Nitro, same thing for two ninety nine. PS5, PS4 versions. And then, you know, you're kind of out of the bullshit games. And then there's Weebin Blocks 2. And then, you know, as you go down, now Snow Journey's back on the app there. Snow Journey, not Nitro or whatever, but it's just Snow Journey. I guarantee those that game is like, then Axiom Verge 2 shows up, which is 
probably a fantastic game. But, you know, and then the giraffe. The giraffe G shows up. Zump Jump shows up. They're all like a dollar forty nine. They're all the jumping nuggets. Turbo shows up for two ninety nine. It's really a problem. It's like these games are everywhere on the PSN now. Pickle Run. Uh, yeah, I can just keep going. I can just keep going on it. And I I don't know what the answer. Here's one. The ten the 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 tennis B a dollar forty nine. And, and if you buy these games for a buck forty nine, you get into them, you play them for less than five minutes, and you have a platinum trophy. They're everywhere on the store, and they're pushing yes. all these indie games down. So I mean, it's just sad. What the hell? I don't know. I'm done. I'm done with my rant. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, listen. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I think. That, yeah, I, Sony can't. Sony has to do something. Filtering. I don't think to, is enough. Like I don't, I don't necessarily say that these games shouldn't exist, but if they were just a little bit more proactive with the types of things that they let be on the store, Some quality control for like the these store. games, like these these games are literally probably being made in one day, and they're being submitted to Sony, and Sony's like, you know, yeah, sure, get you a platinum trophy. Like think about it. If they, I'm sure if they, they're if somebody, selling. If if somebody took one or two days to make this game, and then they put it on the store for a dollar fifty, and they sell ten thousand copies of it, and they get fifty percent. That's, that's, that's five thousand dollars for a day's worth of work. Well, they get they get seventy percent. Sony only gets thirty percent, so they get seven thousand dollars for like one or two days of work. So it's like, why is there? Why would you not go on there and freaking put you know fifteen of these fucking games on there? So that because there there are people that just they care about their quote unquote. I mean, game. I know gamer score is an Xbox thing, but like their trophy like their score. We have a trophy score. Trophy now. score or your your account level or whatever they call it on PlayStation, and uh, so they're like, oh yeah, look at me, I've got you know, a hundred platinum trophies and it's like, okay, but let's look at the platinum trophies you have. What, what are they? And if it's just a bunch of games like this, it's like, I mean, cool. Good for you, I guess. I mean, I guess most people maybe don't dig into your trophies and they actually look at it and say like, Oh man, he's got so many platinums, but I don't know. I just wish that, like I said, I don't necessarily think that Sony needs to like prevent people from putting games on the store but if they were just like if they were just able to look at a game like this and be like no you can't have a platinum trophy mm-hmm. then these games would have no reason to exist and people wouldn't people wouldn't buy them so and it, so they wouldn't be flooding the store i think there are ways where you can regulate the system without necessarily preventing people from putting from games making on the store. games yeah all right. Well, fair enough. I think that is a good conversation about that. And listeners, if you have an opinion on that, feel free to write us. That is an interesting news topic for sure. But here is another interesting news topic as far as I'm concerned. The Ghost of Tsushima movie um, apparently is uh, is going to have English subtitles and it's going to be all in Japanese. Um, this is – I don't know if this is confirmed, but I think this is the direction – and uh, it, it it so they're flying in the face of a lot of known things, right? I think I think subtitled movies, like non English movies, tend to not do as well. 
That is a fact in the U.S. They just don't. People, a lot of people don't want to read. So then that brings me to question two. Well, question one was, are they really going to do this? My personal opinion is go for it. Just do it. It'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Question number two is, are they going to kind of circumvent the need to read a ton and just make this like a silent movie with amazing cinematography and really just start pushing the boundaries of what they can do with a major motion picture, but still have some, some, uh, you know, speaking parts um, and just make it really artistic. Like, what are they going to do? Like, the story of Jin Sakai doesn't necessarily have to have speaking parts. There's, there's a lot of understanding about him, you know, him and his people being challenged and being slaughtered by the oncoming, uh, I forget what he was. The Huns. Yeah, the Huns, whatever. right, yeah. yeah, or whatever they were. But Or the, yeah, not the Huns. The Huns. But that, that group, um, the, the Chinese people. Uh, I... My opinion is that this will likely just be a traditional, uh, like subtitled movie. Mongols, you mean? And what's that? The Mongols. The Mongols. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Um, so it's gonna be just a regular film that's filmed in Japanese with English subtitles, and I do think that it will hurt the performance of the film in the West. And but I think that they will attempt to mitigate it by having an English dub track on it, which like for people who do not want to read subtitles. Now, unfortunately, like I don't know if you've ever watched a live action movie with a dub track on yeah, it. It's not nearly but as good. It, it's not. I mean, there is a level of immersion breaking with that, and so. I'll be curious to see – I mean I think that like in terms of doing right by the 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 culture and the content, I mean this is probably the – In the heart of the game too, them. right, yeah. In the heart of the game. Yeah, I mean it's, it's very like Japanese. So I can definitely see them wanting to do this and understand them wanting to do this. I, I do wonder though how it's going to affect the way that the the video or the movie performs. Because I think if they even did like what you said where it's, oh, it's Japanese with English subtitles, but they just, let's say, like limit the – let's say they, they, they take an approach like the movie Drive. There's very little dialogue in that movie. It's mostly just you know really great cinematography, really great uh, audio and soundtrack and, great, yeah. and everything and, and acting, like visual acting and stuff. Um you know, people liked Drive, but it it you know it it didn't make five hundred million dollars in the movie theater. You know what I mean? So I don't think that this is they're going to be able to hit those like uncharted numbers with this film if they make it uh, the way that they're talking about making it. But that said, I fully support their decision to make it this way and I still would like to watch it like that I think it would be cool yeah I agree what an interesting news point yeah I I didn't see that happening like Hollywood or whomever going that route because usually what they try to do is change everything about the thing they're trying to bring to the big screen right so the fact that they're sticking so closely like like we mentioned like the heart of the game it's kind of kind of nice to see in a in a crazy way next news point Jake the uh 
Evo, Evo 2022, I believe is pretty much over, if not over already. I didn't really get the, the, the hard numbers to know when it ended, but I do know per push square that the two games, uh, that when they were streaming Evo, the two games that had the most viewers, number one was street fighter five and number two was Tekken seven still. So these games are reigning supreme. They're the champs of Evo. These are the most coveted, interesting games for the people who are interested in, in the fighting games. I will go on to say that uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus had the least streaming views this year. So I don't know what that says about the game or the interest in the games. But, I mean, Street Fighter V is just such a classic at this point. Of course, that's going to take number one, I think. But Street Fighter is just... It's just insane. And then uh, Tekken 7, also a beloved game. So any any opinion on this, Jake? Did you watch any of the Evo stuff at all this year? I did not. No, I I didn't watch any of it. But, but again, I feel like I've talked about it on the podcast before. Like, I personally don't – I'm, like, kind of a, an old man in terms of this new, like, streaming and everything. I, I don't really understand why people want to watch other people play video games. I mean, I guess I understand why people would want to do it. I just personally don't enjoy watching other people play video games. Occasionally, I do, like – checking out the fighting game stuff just because it's so interesting to me how much skill is involved there yeah in terms of the competitive nature of it um but i don't know i it's just not never really been for me so i didn't um i did not look into this yeah i didn't i didn't tune into that i think when i think for me there's a big difference between watching just some random youtube streamer play games and watching like an official tournament of video game players, right? I think there's like a different gravity to the players. You know, the players are very skilled. They're professional. Uh, you know, I, I'm not so much into like I, whatever those Warcraft kind of games are that they, they, they play a lot of that are very tournament-centered. I forget what that game is that I'm thinking of. You're talking about like Dota and stuff? Yeah, I'm not like into watching that. But I think I'd be more inclined if I had to pick would be the fighting games because I have a familiarity with the games and I have a history with these games and I like to play them. But uh, watching some of the these professionals play these these fighting games is really interesting. The way they can just juggle people and just like just tear people apart. But when they're both amazing at it, it gets pretty intense. And then when it's regulated, like I said, and there's there's actually some anti on the line, you know what I mean? There's bragging rights, of course, but then there's also rewards in, in uh, prizes, you know, for the championship. So it's really sponsorships, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'm way more inclined to watch somebody else play video games if it's like a sponsored tournament as opposed to watching just a random YouTuber just stream what they're doing. So mm-hmm. I don't know. But that being said, that's what the results were for that. So moving on, Jake, the developers of Iron Man VR studio, I think they're called the Republic, and uh, they they Republic, um, they posted on their website recently that they're going all in on virtual reality. Um, they indicated they had exciting news to tell everybody, uh, a lot of things in the future for what they're working on, and then. Uh, just as a follow-up to this little point of news, uh, Iron Man VR was released in 2020. 
and it has a current Metascore of 73 on Metacritic. I never played the, this game. I tried the demo. I found it kind of boring. It was cool. The mechanics stuff were cool, but the game was just kind of blah to me. Like, it's like, wow, this looks really good, and it feels pretty all right, but, like, it just is boring. Like, it, I didn't find it fun. But I didn't play the full game. I just played, like, the demo. So hopefully they can take what they learned with this game and utilize the VR2 and give us an even more immersive, better story kind of game. But I don't know, Jake. Did you, you – you haven't played VR in forever, right? No, I uh... – I haven't played P- VR once, I think, since the PS5 came out because I just <laughs> didn't want to deal with it. The dongle. And, uh, I, well, I never did get my dongle too, so that, that kind of <laughs> hurts me. But, um, yeah, I I think that uh, – my understanding is that people generally liked this game. Yeah. But that it wasn't – it didn't set the world on fire and – but if they started with a game like this and this is kind of their dipping their toe into the market and they think that the next game that they make can be even better in the VR space, then then that's cool. I'd like to see what they come up with. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Maybe they'll announce something when they bring out more information about PSVR 2 or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, speaking of announcements, Jacob... One of the cooler announcements that we saw recently was uh, the Alone in the Dark remake that we're getting. Um, THQ Nordic has been boasting, just boasting about all these games they're working on, right? Tons of games. And they had a THQ Nordic showcase, and it was actually uh, really cool. So there's this really fantastic trailer for – it's not really a new horror game, but it's – Alone in the Dark, um, if, you, if you don't know, uh, it's getting a complete remake. Um, THQ – or T, yeah, THQ – THC on here. That's hilarious. Nordic and I. Um, so the – I gotta admit, the trailer I saw was really good. This is this this is a series that actually started kind of the 3D horror landscape. Uh, the original game was released released by a company called Infogrames. I don't know if you remember them, but uh, they released uh, Alone in the Dark in 1992. And this game is clearly the remake here is clearly a nod to Resident Evil. Um, it's very apparent. And even in order to see the entire story, they've come out and said that you have to play through the campaign two times as the different characters. Very much like Resident Evil. It's a third-person game, and usually I'm on the fence about remakes. I've been very vocal about how I just want to have new experiences. But, I mean, it's been 30 years since this game has been out. And they have tried to do moderate bringing it back, but I don't think it worked well. And I don't think THQ Nordic was involved in that stuff. If you watch this trailer, it looks awesome. It looks so good. And uh, I'm actually really excited. And it, and it has that kind of double-A vibe to it that, like, dude, just sink me into a double-A horror game and, you know, with decent story, a good story, good presentation. And, uh, I mean, it looks really good. Don't get me wrong. But I just feel like yeah, this is what we need in video games right now. It, it can't be My Name is Mayo or God of War. It can't. It can't. There's got to be a middle road. Yeah. There's got to be that middle road, and I, I'm happy to see the things that THQ Nordic are working on. Um, I put a link to the trailer in the show notes, Jake. If you haven't watched this, it looks absolutely fantastic. 
Um, yeah, I actually watched most of the trailers from that conference. Cool. And a lot of their games were PC games, yeah. so there isn't much to talk about. But they did have a few games that I think will be relevant on console. Uh, and this game looked great. Like you said, it, it looks almost like a it looks like a Resident Evil clone, but not like a – sorry, clone is not the right word. But it is very, very much like Resident Evil, especially like the remake of Resident Evil 2. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's like Roaring Twenties sort of time period with – the fact that you're a detective, it kind of takes some some nods from some other games like uh, The Evil Within. Oh, yeah. Where the the story is very like it, – it, it seems like it's, it's not just going to be horror but maybe there's also going to be a psychological element to it as well which um, is very Evil Within or I don't know if you ever played the Fear games but kind of like that. Uh, so – I think it looks great, and I'm excited to see. But like you said, it does have a very double A feel to it, which is, um, which is fine. I mean, that's that's THQ up and down. So yeah, it really is. That doesn't mean it's going to be bad. No. So I, I'm I'm excited to see this game and see what it turns up or how it turns out. But there are a couple other games on there that were pretty interesting. Like there's one called Wreckfest, which is like the not Wreckfest Recreation. It's like a it's like a homage to like burnout and stuff like that. Yeah. And it has I think developers from Burnout and Need for Speed. So it actually looks pretty interesting. It's like basically just a crazy arcade car racer. But what but what I thought was interesting is that they also had another car racing game called Stuntfest which looked exactly the same. Yeah. So I don't really understand why they would put both of those games in this showcase or try to release them at the same time because I think that they're going to cannibalize each other. But both of them looked fun. I mean, if you're into the more arcadey car racing games where you're doing a lot of stunts and wrecking and that kind of thing that a lot of those old burnout games and Need for Speed games and stuff were were really popular for... So and then they had some other really cool games like I don't know if they're going to bring this to consoles or not but they had a a neat it looks like a neat game called Jagged Alliance 3 mm. which is looks very much like XCOM but uh but like I don't know um maybe like Vietnam based or something like yeah. that. I I got watched the trailer without without the audio so I'm not really sure exactly what the time period is but um, it looks very neat in terms of like its combat and everything. So I am definitely interested in what THQ Nordic is doing and I'm hoping – and I think that I saw somewhere that – let me read let me read this. <laughs> maybe I – yeah, it, it was something along the lines of like they've got some insane number of games in development. I have that in the news point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, do you? Yeah, okay. so the showcase was on August 12th and uh, – the, at the very end of their showcase, they talk about this, Jake, and it was really clever um, how they teased a game at the end of their showcase. I don't know if you made it through it yet, but the showcase ended. No, I didn't, I didn't watch the showcase itself. I just watched the individual Fair trailers. enough. Yeah, so the showcase, it ended with just a blank screen and text on the screen, and it stated, as of today, THQ Nordic, and then it had in parentheses, handy games not included, because I guess handy games had some games on the showcase as well. Um, THQ Nordic 
has 43 games in development. And then it said, thereof, 26 still unannounced after this showcase. Thank you for watching. But then after that screen came up, you hear audio from South Park. And then the South Park Digital Studios logo pops up. And then it just kind of shows it. And then they pop back up that screen. And and then it says, uh, as of today, THQ Nudic Handicapped Games Not Included has 43 games in development. Thereof, 25 still unannounced after this showcase. That was like how they teased, <laughs> teased the South Park game. Teased the new South Park yeah. game. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I – I didn't watch that. I mean, I saw that they that they had kind of teased the new South Park game, mm-hmm. but uh, the first two were so fucking good. I, I I mean, I personally don't did not enjoy the fractured butthole as much as the stick of truth. Mm-hmm. But I think that was just because the stick of truth was just a phenomenon mm-hmm. in terms of like it was the first one, yeah, and. That game was just so hysterical. I I don't think I've ever in my entire life laughed as at a video game as much as the the stick of truth. That's funny. But uh, yeah, it, it, so if they make another one and it's in the same vein as the first two, I am all about it because those South Park games are so good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So hats off to THQ Nordic for doing so much right now in a time when we need to hear cool stuff about video games. You know, so let's get on the next news point. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy has been pushed back, and the original, I think, release date, the window they had was the end of 2022, and late 2022, and now it has a new release date of February, a hard release date of February 10th, 2023. So it pushes it out of its initial window. I don't really mind this at all. I mean, there was there have been speculation that this was going to happen for a while now. It's not surprising. It just uh, you know, if they need more time, they need more time. You know, this this you hear this less and less anymore, um, just from different podcasts and different. You know, people aren't pitching a fit like they used to. I feel like a lot of games journalists and games media have just beaten this. Uh, into people that like, listen, I'd rather have a game get pushed out than have it released and be broken, especially after the cyberpunk crap that's happened, especially with, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, even like, I don't know, it's just, it's just better, you know, so hold the animosity, wait a few more months, get a better game. It's that simple. So any opinions on that, Jake? No, and it's not like it's really being delayed. It's like a couple months, right? right. So I, I don't know why anyone would really care about this unless they were unless they were really tied up on having something to play over Christmas or something. Maybe they were really wanting because this this does seem like one of those games that would be a really fun like Christmas break kind of game. Yeah, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't really see any issue with this it's it's not even two months it's i mean if you're talking about they never released a or announced a release date for 2022 so assuming that you know it could have gone all the way to the end of 2022 this is only a not even a month and a half into 2023 that they're releasing this so i'm wondering if they're just trying to avoid if they really need a bunch of extra time or if they're just trying to avoid certain other games that are releasing this fall with God of War and Modern Warfare 2 and all this stuff that's coming out in the fall that um, might be preoccupying people. Just trying to expand uh, but, the chasm between. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. 
Yeah. All right. Well, another interesting news point came out. I don't understand why this even happens. Uh, Call of Duty Vanguard, they uh, Activision rather they they had a skin released for their game, and uh, it was strikingly similar, if not pretty much to a T, uh, artwork by this uh, artist named Sail Lin. And uh, while Activision did kind of apologize about this. It was a super generic apology. They didn't indicate how they made the mistake. They didn't call out this artist by name and apologize to them. I mean, at the very least, they could have put his name on their platform and, like, given him a shout-out in that way, even if it was, like, kind of a backhanded, like, you know. I mean, it'd be like if somebody ripped off one of my songs and I called him out on it. And, they're like, publicly, they're just like, oh, we don't know how, you know – we removed the song. We're not going to release it anymore. Sorry, everybody. And then they're like, what? Like, everybody's just like, what happened? You know, why'd you pull this? Like, at the very least, the big band could say, oh, shit, we accidentally ripped off Fred Oakman, who's a really good songwriter and, 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 a, and an artist that we actually listen to and uh, respect, which is how we got the artwork to begin with. We were using it for this, that, or the other, and we actually – Got a little too close to the sun on this one, right? But Activision was just like, nope, um, we're just going to yank this. Uh, sorry for any confusion. And they didn't really give this guy any credit. And it was a really weird fucking apology. And this this artist is rightfully pretty pissed off about it. Um, I just don't know how this happens. I mean, are, do we, are we pushing our video game artist so, like I said, so close to – we're flying him so close to the sun that they're at a point where they're just stealing stuff from other people to get their work done, to meet deadlines. I don't know what the situation is. And this is just a skin. It's just a skin that came out. So it's not like the game needed this to get released. The game has been out. It, it, what it is, it's like this wolf thing and he has like a uh, uh, shemog on and, and, and he's got like this outfit and then he has like a, a pocket on his leg and he has like – if you look at the original artwork and what the skin is, it is almost identical. Like it's almost identical. Um, it isn't identical, but I mean it's about as close as you can get without without just outright using what was already made. And how does that? How do they let that happen? I this. I mean, in my understanding, this is just. Some artists just blatantly copied this. A hundred percent. And an employee, probably. An employee of Activision. But what kind of confuses me is I'm kind of on the same boat as you is I don't know how this gets through. Because a, a company like Activision or specifically whichever Sledgehammer, whichever version of Activision is making this Call of Duty, like – how does this get through all of the approvals and meetings and everything to get to the the, the point where they're announcing it as DLC? Because it's not like some random artist just like decides he's going to release this as DLC for fucking Call of Duty. I mean, it's a planned content release that goes through all of these channels. Has to go through all this corporate red tape to get out the door, and nobody was like. Maybe we should check on this or whatever. And and <laughs> and after it came out and people were like – and this guy's like, bro, you just fucking ripped my art. They're just like, 
oh, sorry, we, we don't Do we know. have their response? Like, Can we like read their response? It, I don't have it in front I don't know if we – I don't know if, if if we have it, if you have it pulled up or not. It was on Push Square. I, I will find it. Um, but to me – I'll find it and tell you. But to me, it's like how – like they're just it's – it sounded kind of like Activision was just trying to – like shrug this off and sweep it under the rug and just be like, oh, it's, it's whatever, no big deal. Yeah. Like they're not gonna be like they they should come out and be like, whoa, we made a mistake here. We let, you know, we let something through that shouldn't have been let through, and we apologize. And then maybe they could even go to the guy that actually made the original work and say like, hey, do you mind if we still release this? We'll give you like a percentage of the. The sales of the, of the skin or something. The sales of the skin or whatever. But it sounds to me like they're just like, meh, fuck it. And they're just like sweeping it under the rug. I don't know if they're just trying to avoid any sort of bad press whatsoever. I need to find it. Before the deal with Microsoft, but I don't know, man. Keep talking. But I, need, I need uh, to find it. <laughs> I don't have anything to say. I'm scrolling uh, to find the, what their actual response was. And uh, yeah, for some reason, I can't find it. I but it's if you look at the comparison between this guy's this uh sale lynn's artwork and the flu fury tracer pack that activision released it's literally the exact same model other than like some just generic differences in the way that it looks like some of the like patches on the clothing and stuff are, are slightly different. Here I found it. But it's but it's literally the same exact fucking thing. Other than the dog in the Activision <clears throat> is like instead of being pure white, it's got some like gray on him. <laughs> Everything else is almost identical. So they wrote so in a statement to Polygon, Activision indicated um, they they had this to say on the matter. It says, We have the utmost respect for creativity and content creation. We love the loyal Samoid, which is supposed to be the, uh, the skin. Um, but regrettably, we erred in our process and have removed this imagery from the game. We apologize for the misstep. Um, and, and it says, The original design was created by artist Sail Lin entitled Samoy Medical. And was uploaded to the online art portfolio of ArtStation several years ago. Um, so this is something that had been made over several years ago. And I believe Sal Lin indicated, he said, At present, there are no good results. My demand is that the official media of Activision formally apologize and explain the situation to me. Not a per- perfunctory ex- explanation. They were as arrogant as ever and I was disappointed. So... Yeah, they straight up stole his artwork and then just removed it. And they haven't reached out to him. They haven't said anything. It was brought to Activision's attention, but they haven't like – this was as of whatever date this was. This was Friday. It's just a really weird thing. And as and as, and as an artist myself, I would be really pissed off as well. I mean, you know, it's it's almost like the golden rule. It's the it's the golden rule when you're an artist. Like you don't bite on other people's stuff. You don't take it and just claim it as your own. It's it's like it's like this unspoken code that we all have. We should all have, right? Should is keyword, and and we don't. 
And it goes for visual artists, uh, musicians, uh, graphic designers, all that stuff. Like you just don't steal other people's creativity. Weird. Yeah, it's definitely definitely strange. I guess the more I think about it, the more I can understand how it would get by the powers that be if the art is that old. Um, maybe this was just a lazy artist that thought like, oh, well, I'll just go back in the vault, find something really cool and just put my name on it. And, uh, you, you know, I – but at the same time <sighs> – I feel like Sony could have – not Sony, Activision could have done more to like personally apologize to the guy for making this error as opposed to being like, well, our bad and then they just take it down. Because think about it. If that guy hadn't come out and said something, they would have just been straight up profiting on this guy's artwork. Mm-hmm. And you know, what if – Honestly, like if I was this sale Lin guy, I almost wonder if it would have almost been worthwhile. Well, it probably wouldn't have been worthwhile just because of how much lawyers cost or whatever. But like I'd almost like let this get launched before I fucking came out and was like, hey, you stole my shit. Oh, dude, that would have been an absolute shitstorm. It might have launched. It looks like it did launch for and they, oh, did it? And then he took it down, I think. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, dude, I don't know. Well, let's quit talking about that and let's talk about, Jake, let's talk about Japan Studios again real quick. One of our old favorite studios that got that got shut down, um, you know, a while ago. And, uh, sorry, man, my phone's already got pulled off here. It's making a noise. And, uh, hold on, I made it worse. And, uh, so anyway, Shuhei Yoshida, he, uh, had a nice sit-down interview on the PlayStation blog. It's a little over a half hour long. He sat down with the makers of the, I believe it was the, what do I have here in the notes? I'm trying to find out. I was taking notes. Um, Let me see here. He sat down with the developers, sorry, of Puppeteer and Silent Hill, and he discussed indie games with them. And it's a really interesting video. I haven't gotten through the whole thing. Um, you can find it on YouTube, perhaps. Maybe I'll put a link to it on our Patreon so you guys can look at, look at it and watch it. Um, but it did – it was kind of nice to think about those games that Japan Studios were involved in, you know, and how much cool little games they would always come out with really interesting titles. And I was never disappointed really by any of their games that I purchased. And I did purchase quite a few of them and they were always priced at like nineteen ninety nine. Or, you know, maybe once in a while you'd find like a $29.99 game, you know, on the PS4 or PS3. But they had really good games. And just thinking about it was kind of sad because they were such an such a cool little studio. And it seemed like they, they were like rock stars. Like they were able to pretty much do whatever the hell they wanted. And they had carte blanche to make these really cute, not even necessarily cute, but really interesting or a little bit off the beaten path kind of games that were always visually appealing. They always played really well. They didn't really have any glitches. They were just nice little, not even bite-sized, mediocre bite-sized, maybe mediocre-sized games. And there were platformers, mm-hmm. and they were just—I don't know. So, I, I hope that I hope that we can get another studio to put out games like that consistently on PS5 or something that are of that caliber. I don't know. I thought it was a cool video. I wanted to bring it up to your guys' attention if you guys wanted to check it out. And um, 
I don't know, Jake, if you have any comment on that or we can move on to the next thing here. No, not really. Um, I – like you said, those they, – they made some cool games. The, the Puppeteer specifically was just a completely underrated game. I mean that game was so good for what it cost. And I think I even played it late, so mm-hmm. I didn't even play it right when it came out. But I had heard some people in the industry being like, oh, this is really good. You should try it. You should try it. You should try it. And so finally, I think we got it for PS Plus or something like that. And I just picked it up and I was like, oh, man, this game is actually so good. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's um, it's kind of a bummer that that studio just like doesn't exist. Well, they were behind Tokyo Jungle. They were behind Loco Roco. They did Gravity Rush, right? They, you know, I think they they did Astro's Playroom, didn't they? Puppeteer. Uh, well, Astro's Playroom, I guess technically that was Team Asobi or whatever. Okay. That was a part of Japan Studio, and then they they disbanded Japan Studio and just kept Team Asobi or or, or whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of. A lot of really cool games, though, but Loco Roco was definitely one of them. I just looked it up. Um, i trying to think if there's anything else that really – they did Everybody's Golf 5 on PS3. Um, I don't know. Echo Chrome, that was a big one in the PS3 era. That was an interesting like puzzle-solving game. They had mm-hmm. – I don't know. There's a lot of games they were involved in, and they're no longer. They're kind of like – they've been just kind of spread out. You know what I mean? But yeah, they had some really, really good games. So I don't know. They did Rain. Rain was a cool game. You remember Rain? Yeah, the one where you could like only see your character when they were in the in the rain. In you the could rain see, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you could see like yeah, it was awesome. And then whenever it wasn't raining, you see their footprints. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they did Freedom Wars. Man, yeah. Anyways, I, I'll quit talking about them and reminiscing. But they, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of a, a sad situation. Um. But so you can watch a, a video and and uh, visit the the glory days of that. Um, up next, I want to talk about the top downloads for July of 2022 on the PSN store. And uh, oh god, every time I go to type, OBS pulls up a message and it takes my cursor off of the thing that I'm trying to type on. Um, and our our news points are not going to be uh, perfect in the YouTube video, but anyways. The list of games um, was kind of interesting, and I was really, I was really surprised to see that the quarry is hanging in there still, and it might have a lot to do with the sales. Maybe this is going to be a come from behind situation, but and you, we're going to go to the U.S. and Canada games. The top PS5 games were at number one, Stray. Number two is Grand Theft Auto Five. Which is fucking crazy. Number three is NBA 2K22. Number four is F122. And number five was The Quarry. And if you want to go further down the list, I'm guessing the rest have a lot to do with the sales. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order was on sale for like five bucks. MLB The Show 22, I think, was pretty cheap. Elden Ring at number eight. Among Us at nine. Call of Duty Vanguard at ten. Dead by Daylight. Lego Star Wars Far Cry 6. Resident Evil 3. No Man's Sky at 15. Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, Mortal Kombat 11, Sifu at 18, still hanging on the list, which is nice. It's a game I'd like to try still. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart at 19, and WWE 2K22 taking up spot number 20. It's a nice list of games, but the ones uh, straight at number one, above Grand Theft Auto 5, which is kind of cool, and then 
the quarry still hanging on, which is nice. And uh, I like to see that. Yeah, I, I, it's cool to see Stray up there. Uh, I know that it kind of took the internet by storm with the whole, you know, playing as a kitty thing. And people really liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, th- so that's cool. I, I, it's always nice to see a game other than Call of Duty just dominating the fucking the same <laughs> five games, Auto. dominating the fucking download charts. It's like, okay, yeah, we get it. You know, you like Call of Duty, you like Minecraft, you like fucking NBA Fortnite. 2K and all this shit. Yeah. But like, they should start releasing. They should start releasing top download lists that are like top download lists excluding these titles, and then just excluding like, the top it's like, downloads. Okay, You're the other top downloads. <laughs> Yeah, because it's like it's like we're reading the same fucking five to ten games every single time, mm. and then we're just kind of interested in what the other games are that are in the list mm-hmm. and what order everything is in. I guess so. But we know exactly. It's kind of interesting. We're in. A, but I was just gonna say we're in like a really dead period too. So I guess oh. that's kind of probably part of the reason why Stray did so well. But um, still very cool yeah well we know exactly how those smaller game companies feel because we're a smaller podcast and it drives me nuts anytime i look up playstation podcasts on like apple music or podcast or spotify brings up all these podcasts that aren't ours and i'm like man how do you get on that list that would be so cool maybe have a better show number one (laughs) number two is like get some traction have people talk about the show you know but it's so hard to do it's so hard to do you got to have I don't know what you do. You gotta have, we got to advertise on other podcasts. I quit putting our advertisement in our podcast, by the way. So the listeners, you can thank me for that. That was all me. I pulled it from the thing. I only did that because it was messing up with our time codings. Um, I'm not going to do the math on that because as soon as I inject that bad, that, that bad boy advertisement in the middle of our podcast, all my timestamps from that point forward are wrong. So I don't know how else to do it. So inadvertently by including the timestamps on the YouTube videos, we have now reduced our uh, reach probably a little bit. We, we can't talk about our show to new listeners. So uh, you're welcome. We'll continue mm-hmm. to take one for the team to make the podcast easier for all of you to digest because we want to keep the listeners we did find. So <laughs> at the very least, please tell your friends or post about us or something. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. We're trying to grow. We're doing all right. We actually had some listener, some listeners write in today, which was really nice. Um, Jake, let's let's quit talking about the news and let's talk about the new games coming out this week on the PSN. We have quite a few new games starting August eighth: International Boxing on PS4 and Shoot Run on PS4. August 9th, we're getting Classic Racers Elite on PS5 and Two Point Campus on PS5, PS4. August 11th, we're getting Arcade Paradise, Cult of the Lamb, which I hear people love, Rumbleverse, Wally and the Fantastic Predators, and Weeben Blocks 2, which I've already talked about at the beginning of the show, is a garbage game, it looks like. One of those junk ones. It might be cool, though, I might be wrong. August 12th, Arcade Archives, Gun and Frontier, King Leo, Sakura MMO, Super Bullet Break, Taco Fun, another bullshit game, The Jumping Noodles, another bullshit game, Voyage, I don't even know why they talk about them on this list. Like, anyways, Mm -hmm. that's all I got. That's all I got. Just pisses me off to see those things infiltrate everything. They've infiltrated our podcast and I didn't even know it. (laughs) 
Yeah, it sucks. But until Sony decides to do something, there's nothing nothing really to be said. It's true. That's true. That is true. Well, I don't have anything else to say. I hope we didn't seem a little too boring today. I am just really exhausted. I'm so tired, and I have a, a guitar picking session with my friend Donnie, who plays in a band called Sunday at the Station later this evening. We've been planning to try to get around and just play guitars together and just have a couple drinks. There we go, talking about alcohol again. Um, but I have tomorrow off, so drink responsibly, folks. I have nothing else to say. I hope you guys get your game on. Play Tony Hawk and Clint get at me about PGA 2K21. I hope you get that trophy, buddy. Um, Jake, you got anything? Uh, No. I'm going to probably try and just chillax for the rest of the evening because mm. I have to uh, have to go – to a customer's location in the next couple of days, so I'm going to be pretty busy with work. Mm. But uh, yeah, I just recovering from my evening last night, and I'm probably going to sit down and hopefully play a little bit more Cyberpunk this evening. Yeah, yeah, uh, maybe to get a little bit into it. But um, yeah, that's it. I'm kind of done talking, I guess. All right, good deal. All right, well, hey, thanks again for tuning in to episode. 236 of PS. This is awesome. A PlayStation podcast. We just keep pumping them out episode after episode. And I hope that you enjoy the conversation. Again, don't forget, you can please support our show on Patreon, patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome. Please be a, a $1 a month uh, patron. We do appreciate it. And eventually, we're going to get to a number of patrons that we're going to actually be able to uh, improve this podcast. We're getting closer. We're getting closer. It seems like every month we're getting a little closer. So mm -hmm. thank you so much, everybody, for listening to our podcast. And you know what? It's appreciated if you're a patron. It's not expected. But if you are, we want to thank you. So like the quarry, Quake, and Qbert. P.S. This is awesome. P.S. This is awesome. <laughs>